Thanks for joining us for our conversation this week. I'm Amy Tokas. Sandy Lane and I are talking about digital body language by Erica Dewan in this episode. Digital body language is a whole other type of language we are all learning. The key to successful digital body language is to be authentic while being mindful of your audience. But if you know Sandy and I, you know we talked about other digital communication challenges in this discussion. The things we talked about include boundaries, biases, tone, and so much more. Always keeping it real. Thanks for listening to Your Real, Your Ideal. Enjoy the conversation. Hi, Sandy. Amy, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I am well. How are you? Good. Spring is almost here. We're getting ready to leave for vacation in Hawaii, and I've never been, so I'm very excited about that. How much fun. I, I You know what? We, I went for the first time about eight or nine years ago. I don't know. It was, it's been a few years. I will tell you it was a life-changing trip because we flew to two, we were on two different islands. I got to walk on warm lava. I got to swim with sea turtles. I got to see whales. Like I kept like going check, check, check. And I was like, this is okay. I'm getting excited. I know. So you'll have a great time. I won't stress over packing today. I'll think about how it's all going to be worth it. It'll be worth it. It's very worth it. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Um, Okay. So today we're talking about digital body language. And this kind of came out of, um, I saw uh, the writer of this digital body language book, Erica Dewan speak, gosh, fall of 2019. (laughs) I was like, when was that? It was a while back. And she was so, um, it was just, it was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even thought about this. And what did you think when you were reading? Fascinating. It's very fascinating and things that you don't think about and the world we live in, you know, I've, uh, done a lot of, I've heard a lot of seminars, training on body language in general but this is a whole different layer. Well, and it took me back to the body language conversations, the learning that we have about body language. Like you kind of know it instinctively, but you don't know it. Like you, you know, what's kind of happening. Um, but when somebody like presents it to you. It's like, Oh, look at that. Like, this makes sense. I get it now. And so then you understand it more. And that's what I thought about this book. So Amy, give the, for the listener, give the premise or the summary of you're always so good at this of (laughs) body language and where she's coming from. Um, so it's a lot about, uh, the way we're communicating via email, text, even video conferencing, and the things that we're doing, um, you know, how we're perceiving things, how others are perceiving things, um, the formality of relationships, the trust between relationships and how you can, you should communicate differently to different people and what you're putting out there. Um, so it's all, it's about being a little bit more intentional about how you're communicating digitally. 
The only thing, one thing that crossed my mind is back to not overthinking things is it's all great to look at how you communicate and who the receiver is, but how much more brain power has to go into every time, you know, usually we're trying to get a message out as quickly as possible. Um, So the devil's advocate part of me says, oh my gosh, are we going to be overthinking everything we send? But then in the same sense, I will tell you, my accountability partner and myself says, but Sandy, you always tell yourself, don't send a hasty reply. I get myself in trouble doing that. So maybe my devil's advocate needs to meet up with my accountability partner and the two of them need to come to an agreement. Okay. Yeah. There are some things though, rules that we've heard historically that don't apply anymore. Right. And, um, but talking about this, this hastiness really quick, we'll go to the rules. Yep. Yep. Don't apply, but this hastiness, one of the things that she said is two hours and 20 minutes are wasted every day on digital drama. And it's us, uh, wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Like checking if somebody's replied wondering, thinking about, we talked about this a little bit last week about, you know, a text, a quick text going back and forth. And is somebody angry or did I, um, you know, did I clarify, like, I need to follow up on this now because they haven't replied back in a certain amount of time. Um, getting annoyed. Uh, come on, let's keep this going. I want to check it off my list. Why have you not responded to me yet? Right. Right. Completely. So I thought that was interesting how much time we're wasting. So if there's some clarity in the way we're communicating, so, uh, you know, please reply end of business or please reply, you know, within four days, things like that. So you can, you can create digital clarity of, I don't need to reply right this minute. I understand you're busy or whatever, you know, but. I do need a reply by tomorrow at noon. And, you know, you and I do that quite a bit with, um, you know, just uploading videos and the sound and stuff like that. It's just like, it's not a rush, but, you know, I'll go in and, or you'll go in and see something not there. (laughs) It's like, okay, I do need this (laughs) at some point. How about the people who don't accept that, Amy? So I'll give an example. I try to be, okay, example be today. I'm packing. I've got a very important afternoon of getting my hair done and my nails done. But I do know that when I'm getting my hair done and my nails done, I'm not going to be able to respond. I can't, you know, I'm talking with whatever, right? Hands aren't free. And that would be an example of uh, this morning, somebody saying, hey, can you look up for me? You know, what they think is a real quick question. Well, we're taping right now. I've got to walk the dog. I've got my son here. I know I can't get to it until, you know, I'm going to take care of it before I leave for vacation, but I'm not going to look at it until four. So I'll try to communicate those things. And I'll tell you, I give it 50, 50 on people that respect it versus not meaning they don't say you have to do it now, but they'll respond. My response of, I can take a look at it after four o'clock today. We'll get back to you before the close of the night that they'll continue the conversation, which, you know, they don't say do it now. But maybe they'll ask in a way that you can get it quicker. I I tell you, it's 50-50, those who purely respect that with a thanks or sounds good versus those that might ask a, 
question that they think they can get a quicker answer out of, or can you look it right. up right now? So how do you handle it when somebody doesn't respect when you put those boundaries in place? So hilarious. I was just with someone last night and this was happening to them. They had, we were at a show and they had gotten a text, someone asking them a question and they're like, you know, I can't reply. I don't have that answer and I can't look it up. I'm at a show. And then the person continued asking Asking in different ways. Yeah. In different ways and kept engaging. And she was finally like, I'm putting my phone away because they're obviously not getting the message. I'm at a show. Like, And I think that's a great response. Put the phone away. You can don't keep engaging. Don't keep engaging. I think that's having clear boundaries and setting expectations. You know, I, I always have this, um, with my clients, I, I don't want my clients to think I'm available 24 seven. So because you're not, I'm not, and I'm not going to be, I have other things going on. So this is about us respecting our boundaries of just because somebody's messaging us and texting us doesn't mean we have to reply. Like we, we can give ourselves, you know, I am working during these hours. I reply during those hours or I gave them an answer, but it's about respecting our own boundaries. I think this is a lot on us. It's not on other people. It's a lot on us too, Amy, because I, I, this is one thing I do. And I think a lot of people are guilty of this. I guess I'm a pleaser because I'll be, I, I know I can do something and I want to get it to them right away. And I set unrealistic expectations of myself of all the things I'm going to get out before I leave for vacation. And, you know, is it really that drop dead that everything has to be done or a good example? And I was good about this, but I have to be very mindful about it because I am a pleaser when it comes to things like this. I was on the phone, I had my a call right before here. Oh, I'm thinking I can easily, I know exactly how to do that. I know exactly how to, it was a report to create, um, that he needed. Oh, I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it's so easy. Oh, the analytical side of me wants to see the data that's going to pull up. And I right. wanted so badly to say, I'll get it to you before I leave. And I'm like, stop, you do not have time to add one more thing to your list without stressing yourself out. And that would go in that bucket of, I guess I've done it to myself because the digital drama, I've created digital drama for myself because I put in unrealistic expectation. Yeah. And I think you're not alone. We all do it. We all think there's some urgency. Um, there's this expectation. And so uh, at least I'm not going to say all of us, but a lot of us do. <laughs> and I do it with some people, some people I'm like, Oh, you know, I want to reply back other people. I'm very clear. Like I keep the boundaries. So, and, and it's a good message to ourselves. I take a day. One thing that I would really recommend for everybody is take a day and just tell yourself I'm going on everything, whether I can get it done, whether it will make me feel good to check the box. That's my husband, get it out of my email box. Don't, don't add something to my box because I want to check it off for me. It's uh, because I can, I want to please. And sometimes I just want to see the outcome, like, oh, that's really cool. I want to get that done because I, I want to see what, what's going to come of it. But just say no to everything and then reassess your happiness factor at the end of the day. Because one thing I'll tell you, a game changer for me that I am kind of at this Zen level of a high level of being happy is I, I have really 
stopped doing a lot of those unrealistic expectations. I've, I've relieved the fire drill in my day by a variety of different things, you know, things that we've picked up for uh, atomic habits from growth mindset by, by saying time with my mom, when my kids call, not always being so haggard, I can't talk to them. Right. And how that is increased my happiness and my well-being by doing that. So do the exercise and assess how better your day went. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Let's talk about a little bit of this body language piece. Cause that was more like about boundaries and, right. <laughs> and our digital life in general, which is just our life these days. I right. feel like it's everything is there. So some of the things that's going on in body language is we're communicating, um, people are perceiving things different depending on who it's coming from and what the relationship, whether it's a formal relationship, whether it's, there's trust, whether there's, um, uh, there's all sorts of things that go into consideration when you're communicating with people. And so having rules, but there's also, there's rules around communicating and different levels of um, power and who you're communicating with. But there's also these unconscious biases mm -hmm. that's happening when you're receiving and it can happen through generational. It can happen male, female. It happens culturally, which that was kind of the stuff in the book that really was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, when she did a presentation, she did a text and it was, um, gosh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was like a, oh, I know what it was. It was okay. It was someone typed out, okay. Someone did K period. Someone did, um, that's great. Or, you know, it was like, went through all these examples and she was like, how do you, which one resonates with you? One person did it all caps. Okay. Exclamation point. And it was just like, all right, what are you thinking about all these? And it was very interesting, the emotions that I felt looking at each of these differently. And having the bias. I think the bias was a great point too. I, listening to a book, reading a book, they're all blending together a little bit now, but one of them talked about how every school should be teaching uh, basically how we pick up these biases and and show and demonstrate how the biases exist and how to be, uh, how to understand that they're out there as we make decisions and how we view other people. Really, yeah. uh, what's the formal word for it? It's bias training, but it's, it's really having a comprehension that it does exist in you because so many people say, well, that's not me, I'm not like that. And then there's so many exercises that will show and this would be a good example of that, how we become biased because generationally, you know, uh, age, male, female, all the different things that it does exist in most of us and acknowledging that. So here's a good example of that. Imagine you get a text message, work, a work text message. Okay. And it's got a bunch of emojis. Okay. Uh-huh. So if it comes from a man, how does it make you feel? Typically you would say, oh, he's being friendly. You he's know, friendly. Yeah. Yeah. If it came from a young woman, 
how would you feel? Oh, isn't she cute? Well, cute, unprofessional, right. like <laughs> exactly. And that's one of the examples she gave about biases that we would have just as a, you know, a just, and I was like, yeah, that's exactly how I would feel. If a man texted me emojis, I'm like, oh, thank you. He's being friendly. He's being informal. He's being, you know, creating trust, creating um, collaboration, you know, but a young woman, if she was text, I would be like, well, she needs to be more professional. I would be a little bit harsher on it. And I'd be for generational if it came from, um, what would be an example? Think about when I think of older people and they send a text and maybe they're still using the you, you know, something that was 10 years ago, you know, the, the you, the, yeah, all caps. I would originally think, oh, they, they, you know, they're, they're old and they're not tech savvy. Exactly. I'm not going to communicate like, oh, good. You know, right away. I would think that way. But if it came from a a middle-aged man, I think he's just in a hurry. He's just, he's busy. Right. Yes. I know. We have these perceptions that we're, and we have to check ourselves. And even with women, I got to tell you, I think I'm a huge female advocate and back to pulling each other up, but I will find myself it's like, right. I'm being, I find myself that, um, I'm being territorial on something, or I think I'm right about something. And Mm -hmm. would I respond, would I be the same for a female to a man? Because I think I tend to be more open-minded to the man, whether I tend to be a little harder on the female, I find myself doing that. That I think I need to, I don't know if it's battles a word. And I, again, I think I'm pretty good about it, but I do find those biases where I have to ask myself, are you trying to prove yourself or why, why are you, would you have done the same thing to a male versus a female? That's interesting. But I think it's part of our interactions too, because I have more conversations with females. So I, again, I, I, there's, I'm purely a female advocate Uh, And I'm definitely a person who lifts other people up, but I find myself interacting differently when we have different points of view with a female versus a male. And it's not that I'm bowing down to the male, but I do find that bias. And I I think it's seated in the fact that for with women, I tend to have more open conversations to get to the answer. But if the woman doesn't know me, it doesn't necessarily come across that way. So I, yeah. I check myself and say, how are you coming across? Are you coming yeah. across like you're challenging her and treat everybody the same? But that's back to making an unconscious bias, a conscious bias. So I'm not doing that. And she right. doesn't know me. If it was you and I, we know each other. It's a yeah. conversation. But how am I coming across to a female who doesn't know me? Right. Because she's probably been challenged a lot in her life because that's what happens. Right. And am I am I really am I, am I bringing her up or am I holding her down because of my tongue? Interesting. But what, what a good thing to have that awareness about how you're communicating. And so that you can make sure, because it's all about the end game. It's not like sometimes we're doing things in the moment, but we can adjust to get the end game, the, the final result. And so that there's clear communication. Um, so one of the rules that I was raised with, and I'm sure you were too, was exclamation points, especially for women. Quit putting exclamation points in your writing. 
All right. But I like, and I tend to be, and I like emojis too. And I'm like, screw it. Honestly, uh, I think it was Glennon Doyle who said that to somebody. They're like, I was told maybe it was Katie Couric. And she's like, sorry, I like them. I'm leaving them. Yeah. So I have been told, but I don't always follow it. How about that? Well, and it's now acceptable. That is like the general rule of leave the exclamation points in, you know, if you said that's exciting period via text, people would be like, well, she's obviously not feeling it. <laughs> right? well, that's exciting. It's a monotone. <laughs> right. right. So I was pretty happy about that, that we can do excl exclamation points and it's accepted. <laughs> Yay. I like my exclamation points. Right. Yay. Um, so what about, have you noticed any cultural differences? Do you work with international at all? On occasion, right now I'm not. Um, but yes, I definitely do on occasion, but not ongoing. How about you? Um, on occasion, I have um, one person I communicate who's in um, the Caribbean with work at, or I communicate via work. It's a professional and Caribbean. And what I have learned is they don't text message. They I don't think I've gotten many texts now that you say that they voice message via text. So it's a recorded voice instead of typing, right? Which I, I'm always like, <laughs> This is so interesting. So I, it's actually fun. I've done it a few times now and I'm like, okay, this isn't bad, but, um, boy, that helped me a lot actually. Yeah. Culturally, that's what some culture, I mean, I think there's all sorts of things, different cultures do and how they read text and how they read emails and things like that. But I just thought that was kind of an interesting thing that's been going on that I've seen, <laughs> you know, um, I guess this does fall on the bias that, yeah, I guess this would be an unconscious bias. Uh, I made a phone call for, uh, it was basically a customer service call and the person who answered the phone, I could tell was from another country. And I immediately was like, are you freaking kidding me? Because oh, yeah. my, my initial was just from the tone of their voice that they weren't going to understand me, that they weren't going to hear me. And it ended up being an extremely pleasant conversation. And at the end, I thought, what a horrible bias I had that I just almost got stiff the minute I heard them say their name because I assumed they weren't, yeah, but that I wasn't going to be heard. They weren't right. going to understand. And they hired some people that don't understand the, the cust what the customer needs. That was, I mean, right away. But I'm right. guessing I'm not the only person who feels that way, but it was a great conversation but it was the tone of the, it was hearing the voice that I immediately jumped to that conclusion. I think a lot of people do that. You know, they hear a certain accent and they're like, oh, you know, I'm not dealing with somebody at the company. I'm dealing with a, an it's, overseas company. And, and for me, it's not about that they're overseas. It's the communication. They're not going to understand. I'm not going to understand them. They're not going to understand me. They're not going to understand my problem because they're not here. It's a communication and understanding is my bias. Um, 
because I've had bad experiences with that before, but that's where bias comes from. Right. Right. Exactly. That's where bias comes from is by having that bad experience, being able to say, now I have set that for every conversation I have with uh, somebody foreign when it's customer service. Right. And it, it, it actually was, it was, a, it's a, actually a blog that I'm writing because it was a great conversation because talk about communication and perception. I was spelling something for her and she had started by, and, and this is good because she had a different dialect when she was uh, giving me a word, a particular word, she started saying, you know, A is for Apple and then B, and she was using words to, to say the, uh, to do the spelling. So right. I followed her lead. It was off of an insurance card, which of course we know there are a lot of letters. So I was following her lead. And when I got to H, I said, H is for happy. And for M, I said, M is for mom. And I, you know, you, you go through, it's a psychological study yeah. and we got done. And she said, you're the first person ever who said H is for happy. And she is on all these calls. And she said, that's just really interesting. And I said, what do they usually say? Um, I can't remember. I was glad it wasn't hate, but it was, <laughs> uh, I can't remember what the word was. I wrote it down because it was very, I thought what an interesting study that she listens to what people say. And she said, and I rarely hear mom. And she said, you must be really happy. Did you spend time with your mom? I'm like, I'm like talking to a psychologist off of the words I'm using. <laughs> but she said, people tend to get in a mood and they'll use there are very common words that people will use when they, when they go through the alphabet. And I'm happy to be the first person who said H is for happy. I love that. That's awesome. But, but how smart for her, you know, I, I love that if you think about for her being a very good customer service agent, that she sets the tone by saying A is for Apple, because that will help in communicating with each other. And so I followed her lead by doing that rather than not understanding. So she let it without saying it. And then she interjected something that might be her conversation starter with people who knows, um, but very fascinating how she broke down that bias immediately. And because it likely was going to be an uncomfortable conversation because every insurance card is different. I mean, it cannot be an easy thing to read off a card and get a number wrong. And I even asked her a zero versus an O, why do they even use that in here? How do you know the O many times, ma'am is round, you know, and the, the zero is more elongated. I'm like, okay, it's a zero. Um, and yeah. I was going to fake the accent, but my son told me that that is a very bad thing to do. You're not supposed to do accents anymore, <laughs> which if I did it, I wasn't trying to do it to be bad, but you're not to do that. Right, right, right. I've heard that too. Like, don't even try to impersonate people. No. Um, yes. Um, so one of to, to kind of wrap this up is this digital body language. One of the things is to um, think before you send, pause, reread your message. Um, you know, I do this a lot with, I'm usually very right to the point. So I start an email and I jump right to the point, like, you know, and then I usually afterwards I come back and I'm like, all right, I need to put some, hope you're having a good day. <laughs> that's good feedback rather than no, that's wrong because. 
Right, right, exactly. So it's, it, it's interesting. I always know that about myself. I have a girlfriend, a colleague, but she's also a really good friend. And she is the most, actually to her, her emails sometimes almost pain me because I'm like, okay, can we just get to the point? Because digital, like she, her body language is so friendly digitally because she, it's like a warm embrace in the beginning and talking about your family, then she'll get to the meat of it. And then she closes with another warm embrace. And I'm always like, okay, where's the meat? (laughs) But it's lovely. And I love her. But I know that about myself when I reply back, Mm -hmm. I always have to like fluff it up a little and just take my time Mm -hmm. to communicate her style so that she doesn't think I'm just really abrupt. That's a great point. And I think too is remembering back to how language can be misconstrued is by answering you you've you've invited yourself to participate in a conversation. So if you're in a big hurry and you're gonna number one you can sound abrupt. Yeah. Number two you you you're contributing to a conversation that you can't keep continue. So, I mean, are you going to start a conversation with somebody and the whole time they're going to be, uh, I'm busy with something else. I've got to go. So wait until you can have a conversation. That's one part of it too, because that's respectful to the other side. Cause if you can't respond and that's why putting the phone away, when she gave the, I'm at a show, don't continue the conversation because you can't respect that conversation. Right. Right. And don't start one that you can't end or that you can't fulfill till the end. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the other pieces along with thinking, pausing, keep being authentic, keep being who you are. Don't, um, fake it. Don't fake that you're this formal person. Don't fake that you're a young hip 20 year olds. And they, you know, don't just be yourself. Um, but know your audience mm-hmm. and making sure that you're being respectful of them and that they're not, um, you're not giving them an opportunity to judge you, you know, or assume things about you because of the way you're communicating. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. It's knowing your, know your audience and be you. Right. Adapt, but still be unique. That was one of the things that she had mentioned. Um, anything else that you caught on this? No, a lot of good, simple reminders. I think you you just summed the best ones up right there. You, you know, we all communicate all throughout the day dig- digitally and be your authentic self, know your audience and take a breath, you know, <laughs> no, no, no electronic media conversations in a hurry because you don't have the benefit of seeing the other person. Cause usually that will take your guard down too. is, right. You, you might be in a hurry, you might be stressed, whatever, but that takes some of the drama out because you're right there and you can read the other person and say, oh, you know, they got a lot going on or there's so many ways you can read that. So you have to be more careful. Yeah. And don't make assumptions about things that are not in the text. Right. Or the message, because sometimes, you know, we, we read reasons, we assume reasons. If it says, can you take out the trash? It doesn't mean I'm mad because you haven't taken the trash. Like it can't, it's not all this. It's just like, you know, 
and know when to stop digitally. That's the other thing I'd say, because there's a lot of times I'd say, you know, we should probably let's all jump on a Zoom call and do a problem resolution because it's not going to work itself out in this group email. Or does everybody have time? Let's just, it doesn't have to be an hour. That's the other thing. People have gotten into this Zoom. It's, you know, because it's built in as a one hour slot. Oh, I don't have time for another Zoom. You know what? Let's 15 minutes. We can jump on. It can be quick. It doesn't have to be an hour long conversation. Right. Completely agree. Awesome. Or a phone call. These are some great things to be thinking about and um, just continuing noticing your biases, your perceptions. And um, yeah, very good. All right, Amy, I hopefully I have some life changing uh, events that I can check the box and tell you about post Hawaii too. Oh, I can't wait to hear about it. Have a great trip. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye.